So every decision we make, every decision we make has a long-term and short-term consequence. Mm-hmm. And the person that understands that, that opportunity cost that can, that can calculate that in their head or at least be conscientious of that will, will win in the end because we have to understand that everything that we do that not just has a consequence today, but in the future. And the reason I'm a huge fan of the end asset is it literally, I believe, is the most efficient way to capture long-term growth while still giving you control and giving you your need for using money. Because your, your greatest financial need is spending money. As yeah. Many people won't tell you that, but like, we spend a whole lot more, more money than anything else that we do. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My next guest is the founder and CEO of Better Wealth, a company committed to showing people how to be more efficient with and control their money today while maximizing their future wealth potential. At an early age, Caleb read every financial book he could get his hands on and was fascinated with the idea of ordinary people being able to achieve extraordinary wealth. So guys, we wanted to switch things up today because a lot a lot of our topics can get pretty heavy, pretty deep, but sometimes we want to switch things up and really get into other things such as financial literacy, what you need to do in order to make smart investments, how to learn about money, business, leadership, all this kind of stuff. And I thought Caleb would be a great segue into switching up the energy and the flow of the show right now and give you guys some insight into his world and what he's creating. So we had a great conversation. He's a very intelligent young man and he's doing amazing things. I even said, if I was as smart as him at his age, my life would be a lot different. (laughs) So, but he's very wise for his age and you guys will definitely appreciate him. He's also the author of the And Asset book and host the Better Wealth podcast where and he speaks around the world to many different people. He has a true passion for financial education and is on a mission to help people see and reach their highest potential. So if you guys haven't already, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review when you're done. Let us know what you think. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. Caleb Williams coming right up. Caleb, what's up, brother? How are you doing today, man? It, it's it's a good day to be alive, man. Thanks for having me on your show, and it's, it's going to be a blast. Dude, I love your energy already. You know, it's the first time we're meeting, and I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> good, good positive outlook, man. It's what it's all about, man. You, you know, we almost have to because what's yeah. the alternative? And yeah. and yes, there's. Don't get me wrong. Like we'll we'll talk about all the negative things going on right now, and it's big. And I don't know, like if your sector's been hit, I know we just talked before about different sectors are getting hit harder, but I'm telling you like the fact that we're alive, the fact that we're alive is an incredible blessing. And, um, I, you know, when you experience death or a death of a loved one, it it just puts everything in perspective. Yeah, you're completely right. I love that. And yeah, there's a lot of people going through some difficult times and a lot of people don't have the tools to get through them. Right. as easily as others. So you're really seeing that. But for you personally, 
what has this been like for you? Walk us through the last two months and how things are going for you and maybe your perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, so you know when like the everything hit the fan. Trump puts a travel ban on Europe, the NBA shuts down, MLB postpones. That was the day that I announced that we were having our event. Oh. Like, Lance, the worst day in history to announce an event is yeah. so. I'll I'll be the first one. Don't don't hire me for event planning. So what what happened was, we went from obviously we're I'm in the financial service business. I have a company called Better Wealth, and so we're helping people. We're telling people that don't put all your money in the market. Don't put your hope and trust in the things that you don't control. You are your greatest asset. So we've been talking about like this is going to happen, and to be honest, it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Um, and so everything goes crazy. I have a team of 11 people. Okay. So if you can imagine like payrolls can be a pretty intense. And when this all happened, my mind went, what are, what's our business going to be like? What's the event going to be like? All this, like all to worry. Like I started worrying about things that I couldn't control. And then I just had a moment of like, listen, the idea of better wealth is mainly how you think and, and how you show up. And how in the world can I show up powerfully for my team and the people that we serve if I'm, if I'm letting my mind go to fear? Mm-hmm. So I remember having, we had a, a, a meeting with a lot of the people that we serve and we, sh- we gave them an update. And then we, I had a, t- a meeting with my team and said, hey guys, like this is going to be maybe a hard time. I didn't know what to expect two months ago, but we are going to buckle down. No one's going to lose their job. We're going to focus on the things that we can control. And I truly believe that we're going to come out of this 10 times stronger because what we teach, no one lost their money. We've literally been helping people get ready for this. So I would say looking at where we are now, we are, we are, the interest for what we've done has been through the roof. Like literally, man, like it's been unbelievable, but no one's really making financial decisions right now. So people are getting into our program, but no one, and by the way, I don't recommend making a financial decision in a time of uncertainty if you don't know what's happening with your job and all this. So we have Record number of people coming into our program and we're really like a lot of us are just like, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens, but you don't have to wait on your mindset and strategy. There's certain things that you can work on. Mm -hmm. Making a financial decision or an investment is something that you may want to hold off on until you have more certainty. So overall, like that's the honest place Mm -hmm. of where our business is at. And I really do believe that our message has never been more relevant. So I appreciate you being, letting me be on your show. Dude, I'm excited to have you. And I love that. It's, it's so true. Your mindset is everything because the decisions you make, if you make a decision based on all emotion or how you're feeling that day, if you had bad food, if you didn't exercise, there's all these things and you make a decision based on that, it can mess you up. You, you, you could see the same thing, the same opportunity, the same situation come at you. And if you've dialed in your morning routine, your mindset's going, you're, you're primed you will make a better decision. It's so true. And especially now, there's so much fear out there. Everywhere you look, it's fear, fear, fear. Buy this. You need this. You got to do this. Taking our power away of like, you know, our bodies are actually pretty resilient. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. You know, how do, how do we get, how do we fill this tank? Right. Everyone listening to this, I want you guys to think about this. And this is from an investment guy who helps people with money. The greatest investment is yourself. Like in, in Robert Kiyosaki is noted for saying like, you want to buy assets that provide passive income. Well, the number one asset is yourself. What's interesting though, is if you look at a balance sheet or if you look at traditional accounting, you don't show up anywhere on a balance sheet. 
which is nuts to me because you are the greatest asset in your life. Now, if that is true, then how you think about yourself, how you use your time, how you utilize your money needs to really back up that statement. If, and, and again, like if you are your greatest asset, think about how the thoughts that you're thinking about yourself, think about how you're spending your time and money. This is something that I noticed when I was young getting into this business being like most people, the average person devalues themselves. I think that's a made up word, but they devalue themselves. Mm. Whereas if you look at the wealthy, if you look at the people that are actually winning, they're reverse engineering where they like what they need to do by where they want to be. And it's just, it's, it's so clear to me and I'm seeing it big time right now because the people that are winning are doubly doubling down and like going all in and, and focusing on how to get through this. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you the people that like are not good in the mind or are struggling or letting fear, like they're really struggling. And, and unfortunately there's nine one one's been off the hook yeah. right now because of people that just have lost their mind and it's not necessarily their fault. But I, but I hope they can hear if one person hears this message. You got to understand like the way that you think about yourself is everything. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's literally, we're the ones that'll stop everything. We're the ones that get in our way. It's that self-talk. And I've been on my own journey, just trying to get to the bottom of where that came from. You know, there's all kinds of deep rooted stuff in so many people's lives, but it is that self-talk and it's that belief you have to have that belief in yourself and you have to, you know, you have to be able to do the things that that person you want to be is doing. Not when you get there, but you need to do those things now. You know, like you need to show up as that person now. It's tough. It's not easy. And it's, it's hard for people to sometimes wrap their head around it. But I mean, where do you think about what, what okay, actually where I wanted to take this was how does somebody, how does somebody invest in themselves? Like what would be, what does that even mean to you and what, yeah. to the audience? Uh, the, the first thing that everyone needs to get, and this is like the first thing that you need to understand when it comes to wealth is the concept of ROR. Now, most of the time when you think of ROR, you think of rate of return, okay? Hmm. What, you know, and that's honestly where most people focus on. It's like, what is financial planning? Pick the best stock that's going to get you the best rate of return. Yeah. If you want to be average, do that, okay? But ROR in my book stands for return on results. You've got to be super clear on actually what you want. What result do you actually want? And so there's a couple questions that I'll ask that if you're listening to this, really be thoughtful. The first question is, what would you do if money wasn't an issue? Like, if I put $10 million in your bank account, what would you do tomorrow? Mm. How, do you, how do you define financial success? You know, it's interesting. Alice in Wonderland, um, it's, you know, Famous story. She gets to the fork in the road. The cat's in the tree and ask her where she wants to go. And she says she doesn't know. And then the cat says something really unique. It says, if you don't know where you want to go, any road will get you there. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, man, the reason why most people are not getting ahead is they don't even know what ahead means. Like they literally don't know where they want to go. So the, the first thing that you need to understand is where do you want to go and what, what does success look like for you? And what is that ROR. What is that result that you're hoping for? And by the way, it could be it could be spending more time with family. It could be working at a less stressful job. Mm. It could be like it, it. I that's that's the number one mistake we make is like I'm not going to put oppose my you know you know my life on you. Mm. <laughs> you and I might have similar or not similar. It's like yeah. who am I to say this is what you need to do? But you got to get clarity on that, and then everything else is reverse engineering that. So it's like, if, if you are, you know, here 
and you, you get clarity on where you want to go, then you have to ask the question, what in a talk about asset-based activities, what is the number one thing that you can do with your time, money, and expertise, some call it talents, to get you to where you want to go? And by the way, money is a piece of it, but there may be a lot of people listening to this that don't have money, but they have time and they may be super good at something that, you know, not everyone's like everyone, I believe, has expertise in certain areas. And so mm -hmm. it's like then, OK, who do you need to learn from? Like you just start reverse engineering. Like if I had to spend one day at a time, what is the best use of my day to help me get to where I want to go? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't want to oversimplify this, but it's like I've seen so many people, especially that come into our program, they don't have any clue who they are and they don't know where they want to go. And if you don't know where you want to go, honestly, don't even read my book. <laughs> don't even like yeah. look at investment strategy because it does not matter because you're then just looking at a metric. It doesn't really show up in your life. Yeah. Well, it's just like if you're, if you're driving somewhere, you're, you're driving across the country, you need a map to find the place. Exactly. Like you're not just going to go, well, maybe this road will take us there. Like, you know, it'll like take you somewhere. It may not be the place you want to go. <laughs> so here's, yeah. here's what I struggled with growing up. And so I was a hockey player, but then once hockey finished, I didn't make it. I was being told to do things that was in demand go into trades because it's in demand. All the baby boomers were retiring. You know, I'm 30, I'm 36. So this was like everybody in high school was told, get into a trade. Yep. And I never bought into that. I was like, look, I respect a lot of my friends are, but I was like, I'm not going to get into something because I'm being told it's in demand. Now, my question is, where do you see, do you see people, is it a smarter thing to follow the demand or follow the passion? Like, like this is going to make you more money and this is definitely better or, or a smarter move or the riskier move that yeah. down the road may turn out to be the better thing. By the way, you asked really good questions and I love this question because a lot of people have it, but very few people know how to ask it. Mm -hmm. So congrats on that. Thanks. Man. Here's what I would say. I'm a, I'm a hardcore capitalist, meaning supply and demand. You could be the very best and most passionate about X, Y, and Z. And if no one wants it, awesome. Like, go for it. But you just have to, like, don't complain when no, like, you're broke kind of deal. So there's, there, there need, there's like, realists. You have to be a realist in whatever space you're going for. Yeah. But then, honestly, man, here's a question. Would you rather be miserable and make $200,000 or be happy and make eighty? And I would, I mean, what is, why are you even saving to begin with? Hopefully, it's to live a life that you want. Like the idea yeah. that we have one life is one of the most purest things ever. And so, one of the things that I committed to, even before getting into this space, is I didn't want to do anything with regret. Like, I left a banking job that I, I was running the investment department of a bank, had some big opportunities at 21 years old. I left that to start my own company when everyone thought I was crazy, <laughs> mainly because I knew. If I stayed safe, I would regret that. Hmm. Looking on paper, what I did was like career suicide. At 21 years old, I graduated college a year early. I could have, I could have, I had a corner, the second largest office at a bank and was helping people with their money. And I had all the credibility because I was working at the bank. And I decided I was going to do this thing called the internet, leave on my own. And like everyone thought I was crazy. Even, even hmm. my family, they were supportive, but they're like, man, like, Maybe you should spend more, one more year. The reason I said, like, I knew I had to do this is like, I knew in my heart that I had to go this route. Now I made less money that year, 
and I'm, I'm making a whole lot more money now because of that decision. So what I would, what I would encourage people to do is number one, be a realist and, and really ask the question, can like money falls value. So if you could create value in the world and you like it, you're in luck. Mm. But if, if what you love is not valuable to anyone, you may have to have some tough conversations. And the other thing that I would say is like, you have one life, please don't regret that life. And I would much rather have you live on less if you're happy than do what your mom and dad are saying for you to do or do what your girlfriend wants you to do, do what society wants you to do and be miserable. Mm, I love it. Yeah, because I think you got to have a little bit of, you got to be a realist in certain aspects, of course. You have to. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta make money, right? Yeah. I just think a lot of people are so stuck on oh, well, I have to quit my job to do this. And I was like, no, you just do one little thing each day that's going to push, you, push the needle a little bit. If it's like I was saying, I, I'm recording my episode 200 on my podcast and I was like, if you want to be a podcast host, what's one thing today you could do? Yep. Get your headphones, boom, done. You, you won. You, you pointed the needle a little bit. The next day, get a cord. Like that's kind of stuff. If, if that's the time, if that's going to push the needle that's the best thing to do rather than, oh, well, I hate my job. I want to do this, but I got to quit one thing to do the other. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Exactly. Right? And yeah, it's, it's super important. So, okay. I, I kind of want to circle back here about, about your story, man, because you're a very smart guy. Well, how old are you right now? I'm 24. Jeez, man, you got, you got your head screwed on right for 24. <laughs> I, wish I, was, I, was, I was parented well and had great mentors. So I, I, I can't take much credit. That's awesome, man. That's great. It's great. Here's a question for you. Growing up, what was the biggest struggle you faced that had the most impact on your life today? Okay, so I'm going to take you back to 12-year-old Caleb. I'm standing in front of 100 of my friends at summer camp. I stand about five foot one, maybe, not even, no, screw that. Like I'm short, super short yeah. for my age and I struggle with dyslexia, okay? <laughs> I have two lines that I need to say and I totally blank. I end up pulling out my note card because I wrote those two lines and painfully sound out every single word. I have no clue why I was on that stage or what we were doing. I do remember the feeling walking down feel like I just wanted to like be invisible. And the very next day I went to my mom in tears. I'm frustrated because on one hand I'm super short and my sister who's younger than me is taller than me, looks a lot older and made it known to everybody that she's my younger sister. And then on the other hand, I'm super embarrassed because I can barely read and like apples to apples <laughs> gave me like literally anxiety playing growing up because I, I like, I didn't know if I like reading in front of people, Wow. And so my mom, my mom took me under her wing and said, Caleb, you literally cannot do anything about your height. So don't worry about it. Like, learn to laugh about it and don't let things that you can't control get to you. Mm -hmm. But with your reading, it's super hard for you, but like, you just have to work harder. And she was right. I, I, because I was a bad reader, I didn't like reading. Mm -hmm. And that day I could have taken that in multiple different ways. But 12-year-old Caleb decided that I was going to take control of the things that I could control, and the things that I couldn't control, which, by the way, is very little when you really think about it. Like, even this, this virus that's going on right now, you can't control the virus, but you can control on how you show up right now. Mm, totally. So I, 
I took that paradigm was like, okay, the things that I can control, my reading, my school, the way that I interact with people, all like most things in life, I'm going to take full control and I'm not going to play a victim. And things that I can't control, like I'm not going to spend any time worrying about it. And I'm not going to say that it was like a clean light bulb moment, but pretty much like that's, that's what happened. And, um, and it's taken me to where I am now. And that's really the paradigm that I have with your money. It's like mm-hmm. focus on things that you can control and the things that you can't. Don't, don't spend a ton of time worrying about. What about now? What about on your journey now that you're on? What do you feel as a challenge for you that is one of those things that you're working towards, you know, whether it's, I don't know, whatever you're going through. Cause I know we all have our things, you know, we yeah. have our things, we lean into our strengths, but then there's that thing where like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not amazing, but it's bugging me and I got to get through it. Is there anything like that for you? Well, and, and the, talk to me about your listener. Are they, are, are we talking to a lot of young people who are entrepreneurs or wanting yeah, to do this? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good mix of the people that are wanting to, you know, either get into like that side hustle, the entrepreneur or, you know, the freelancer, yep. that okay. kind of thing. So at 17 years old, so I, the, the job that I got in high school was I gutted chickens, Okay. And I literally made a dollar per chicken that I processed. I, I know there's that one vegan that's turning this off. I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, like I started making some money and working hard. Mm. And then what I did was I, I really got drawn to this whole idea of money because it's like, man, most people are unable to live the life that they can truly live because they don't understand how to use money as a tool. So at 17 years old, I got a job at a bank and I worked there for four and a half years. And my whole goal was to buy, create try to learn and create as much value as I could because it was really clear to me that money falls value. I was going to forego making money. Like I made eight, $9 an hour, but I really wanted to learn from the experts. And so I, I was really in the trenches and trying to build that credibility. Now, if you can imagine being 19 years old and looking like you're 15, maybe even 14 <laughs> and helping people with money, investments, people that are retirees, people that have grandchildren older than you, if you could, if you can imagine for a second, like my biggest struggle, and I will say not, it's not necessarily now, but it's something that I've had to work through is like, how in the world can I be, how can I be a voice on money if I've never lived through anything and I'm young, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. and the reason I ask you is I think a lot of people are stuck in this, like, I don't know if I could be a podcaster because I've like, what is there to talk about? Like, who will listen to me? Like, yeah. and they, you play this stuff in your head, like, who will listen to me? Like, I, yeah. I look like I'm 10 years old and how can I give you money advice? And, and I just realized, number one, how to be self-aware, to be a better listener. Like, I, again, not victim, like that was a problem. And so now that needs to be addressed. And so I thought instead of them saying something, I was going to be really upfront and I was going to lead with people's wise. And I realized when people feel understood, mm. they will give you a shot. And so that was like, I learned that at a young, young age. And if there's one piece of advice I can give is you is like, make people feel understood and get someone to identify why it really matters to them. Going back to what I opened up, ROR. Yeah. And if, if people feel like you understand them and you can actually help them get that result, it really doesn't matter if you're 60 years old or 16 years old, if you can have empathy and help someone. And so that is, that is the biggest struggle that I had growing up. Mm. And even to this day, I mean, still young, like being 24 in a space. And by the way, just turning 24 and having a, 
having a company that works with people all over the country and now, you know, in Canada as well, like, like people are like, who are you? And it's just been years of being, being empathetic, creating an amazing team. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I would say are my biggest struggle and, and what I've learned through that. It's interesting because at 24, you probably deal with a lot of people because of the old paradigm of you have to be this age to know things about this thing or that. Yeah. And it's funny because that stopped me in my 20s from doing stuff. But now here I am at 36 and you, that doesn't go away regardless of your age. Like yeah. you, you just have to learn your self-worth and it doesn't matter. Like you're doing this at 24, but age means nothing when it comes to this stuff. Can, like I, it, can, I, can yeah, I comment on that though? Yeah. It, yes and no. Like yeah. it's true. I don't know much. At, a 19-year-old Caleb did not know much. Now, mm. where, where was I strong in? I, I had a ton of smart mentors, mm. like a ton of mentors. So I went on a two and a half year journey. Again, I'm empathetic. I'm listening to your concerns and I'm like, I got I to gotta, like a supply and demand, got to make myself more valuable. And so who's, who's not going to help the 19 year old kid? Like I got the best of the best in the country. I, by the way, the number one guy in Canada is, is co-writing a book with me right now. So and how did I meet him? I met him when I was young and he was one of my mentors. Mm. How, so what I did was, no, I didn't, I didn't do this. I wasn't in financial planning when, when 2008 happened. But I have 10 experts that are a whole lot smarter than your guy and they've all mentored me and that knowledge has been transferred. And so that's, I just want to be like, yes, self-worth 100%, yeah. but also don't be like hard-headed. Like remember, value, value, value. Be totally. very empathetic to the market. I love that, man. I love that. So where do you see, where, where are people, let's talk like investments now, as far as that, the, some of the stuff people are doing that maybe they're doing wrong or, you know, there's all this kind of stuff right now. You hear, you know, the stocks, you hear crypto, you hear real estate, all kinds of stuff going on. And obviously they all have their piece, but like, what bad advice do you hear and what do you see people doing wrong in all this investments and stuff? Well, the number one thing I see doing wrong is most people don't know what they want. Okay. So let's assume you do. And, and I'm going to talk to the entrepreneur because most people listening to this are listening to it for a reason. I bet you have a desire to get your message out in the world or, or do something entrepreneurship like. And the number one mistake that you make is you follow typical advice. Like you follow typical advice for people that maybe should follow or look at if they're employees, mm. but you're not an employee. So here's, here's typical advice. Invest for the long haul. Okay, that's great until you put money in a place that you can't control and you get penalized for touching. Another piece of advice, not only are you locking that up, but you're kicking the tax can down the road. I don't know about you, but there's no way in the world taxes are going down. Like, by the way, not a tax attorney, so don't, take, like, don't sue me. <laughs> But look at where our economy is going. Look at what's happening. Look at the tons of money that's being printed. Like you're out of your mind if you don't think taxes are lowering. But what are most people doing? They're deferring tax, which me is another word to say postponing. I'm not going to pay tax today. I'm just going to kick it down the road, take unnecessary risk, not control my money. And someday in the future, hopefully I won't get crushed with, you know what I'm saying? It's Mm. like, we're not being thoughtful for the future. Yeah. And we're giving, like, we are literally diversifying our ability to impact. Like, money, capital is usually the number one thing and number one reason people go under. Well, that's not true, but that's the number one excuse they get is, like, money. And, and so what they're doing is they're diversifying, putting it in other people's businesses, 
and it's not really serving them. So the number one mistake people make is they don't know what they want. Number two mistake that they make is they follow typical advice. And if typical advice say, says you need to choose between future and now, run. If typical advice says you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future, run. If typical advice is like, oh, you can take greater risk because you're cha- like, by the way, the definition of risk is your chance of loss. So you can increase your chance of loss today and you'll be richer. Like if you're an entrepreneur, why would you invest in other people's businesses that you don't understand mm. instead of investing in yourself? Those are three big mistakes that I see people making. And it just comes down to a lack of clarity and listening to people who don't actually understand what you really want. Well, where's a good place to invest during this? If people are thinking like, you know, if they have the, if they want to, you know, look at building something or say they have the capital other than their own business, like which is a better direction, you know, because, you know, there's real estate, there's stocks, there's all this stuff. Yep. So if you identify your asset-based activity, meaning what is the number one thing that I can do with my time, abilities, and money? If you identify that, some of you may say crypto. Some of you might say it's your business. Some of you might say, I need to start my podcast. Some of you might like whatever that is, then figure out the best way to fund that. And some people are like, you know what? I'm a huge fan of Bay Street. I'm a huge fan of Wall Street. Uh, I'll go invest that way. Awesome. So then the next question is, what is the most efficient way for you to use your capital? Most people do not have a balanced cash flow life. And I know that's, that sounds cliche or jumble mumble, but most people don't know how much they need to save to continue their current lifestyle. Like mm. very few, I, I would challenge you if you had any other financial people, like ask them, how much should you save? They're going to say 10, 20, 30%. But they, they're just saying that. Like there's actually a formula for figuring out how much you need to save, looking at your current assumptions and the current, cons- you know, your current, consumption of life and your current assumptions on what you think is going to, the future is going to look like. Mm. And if any of you, including yourself, if you're interested in that, like we can help show people like their numbers on a two line graph and gets really clear, clear about where your cash flow needs to be floating. So that's like mm-hmm. number one, be efficient. And then the second thing is then take that free cash flow that you're saving and put it in the place that will help you get closer to where you want to go. So most people have no clue where they want to go. Second, their cash flow is not optimized. And the third thing is they're not putting their money in the, in the place that will actually help them get to where they want to go. And that's, I mean, that's the roadmap essentially to create wealth and keep more money. It's interesting. Sorry if I'm like in, like I, I get, I love this. I don't know if you can tell. Dude, I, I, I love it too. And, and you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's a challenge. It's like a big Tetris game, man. Like, you know, you hear everybody's opinions on where to invest, where to do, you know, you're moving this way, moving that way. You know, even myself, you know, I, I'm looking at selling my condo and, and, you know, making a move. And there's, there's certain things like I just kind of go with like my gut on certain things I want to do, but there's certain things people, you ask four people something and four different answers come up. Yeah. So here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. The number one thing, once you know where you want to go, you have to figure out your cash flow. Like yeah. you have to figure out how, what you're currently doing, look at how you can increase your cash flow, how to optimize your assets, which by the way, your condo might be an example of we would look at and say, okay, this is what you want to do. And this is how your assets performing. Mm-hmm. You could take X money and put it in a different scenario and it would help you live the life that you want. Like that's how I think about money. I don't think yeah. it's real estate better than gold. No, I'm thinking like, what do you need to do 
with what you currently have to help you get closer. So that's, that's number one. Make sure you figure out you're working with someone that can help you figure out how much money you need to be saving and how to optimize your cash flow. The second thing is I literally wrote a book called The And Asset. Okay. Yeah. Now the, I'm coming out with an And Asset for Canadians in about 60 days from now. And essentially the premise of this is the And Asset is not an investment. It's a special life insurance contract. And we could go in the weeds if you want, probably not on this show, but it's a special life insurance contract that you're partnering with a mutual company, meaning you have a part ownership in this company. You're minimizing the insurance and you're maximizing the cash. Well, mm-hmm. what does that allow you to do? It allows your money to grow conservatively with certain tax benefits. It depends on what country you're in. Yeah. And then you can also utilize that capital to invest in things like real estate, your, your business, your message or whatever. So we use this strategy within this strategy. After we get someone's clarity on where they want to go, after we optimize their cash flow, if you're an entrepreneur and you're an investor, you could redirect your money into something like an and asset. Mm-hmm. Your money will be safe, it will grow, it will have all these kind of benefits, but we'll also show you how to leverage that money to do what you currently want to do. And now you have $1 doing multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. And that's, and by the way, the and asset's not going to save your life. Like if you don't have clarity, if you're not being efficient, and if you don't know what you want to do, the and asset's just another product. Right. But if you have clarity on those three things, the and asset can literally give your dollars multiple jobs. And one of my theories is if you can give $1 more than one job, you will win in the end. Hmm. Wow, man, you're a smart, <laughs> smart dude. It's good because people need to, th- people need to think about this stuff. You know, this is, this is, there's a lot of people that aren't educated in how money can work for them. And I mean, it's like one of the biggest adversities we face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I would agree. It's, I would 100%. Um, <laughs> Can I share one other thing that of course. This, this shows you why money is, is like hindering is how we think about it. Yeah. And the big theory, if you ask me, Caleb, what is one thing that you need to understand about money? It would be understand opportunity cost. Okay. Now, by me being on the show, I am saying no to everything else that I could be doing. Hmm sleeping, speaking to another person, another podcast, like I'm literally saying no, and I'm being on here. So opportunity cost as it relates to us is everything that I said no to. Mm. Opportunity cost when it comes to your money. What people have to understand is every financial decision you make has a consequence. Let me give you an example. I bought a car when I you know, was in college. It was $10,000. I spent $10,000 on this car with cash. Now, how much did that car cost me? the average person would say $10,000. Opportunity cost would say, what would that $10,000 be worth if I could make 5% interest on it for 60 years, 70 years? Like that $10,000 car actually cost me multiple hundred thousand dollars just by looking at compound growth. Mm. The other element that you need to measure is the control element. In other words, what could I have done with that $10,000 plus interest over 60 years by investing it in this business, by investing it in this message, by doing this Facebook ad? So now, now you not only have to be conscientious of long-term, but you also have to be conscientious of the control element that I no longer have because I made that decision. So every decision we make, every decision we make has a long-term and short-term consequence. And the person that understands that, that opportunity cost that can, that can calculate that in their head or at least be conscientious of that will, will win in the end because we have to understand that everything that we do that not just has a consequence today, but in the future. 
And the reason I'm a huge fan of the and asset is it'll literally, I believe, is the most efficient way to capture long-term growth while still giving you control and giving you your need for using money. Because your, your greatest financial need is spending money. As yeah. Many people won't tell you that, but like we spend a whole lot more, more money than anything else that we do. So yeah. let's figure out an efficient way to spend money. So if, all, if I would have known that in college, I would have bought my car a different way that would have helped me recapture hundred plus thousand dollars. And so all I'm asking people is just to be thoughtful of long-term and short-term. And there's a lot of people that come to us that, you know, wasted 10, 15, 20 years. And that's fine. Like you have to, wherever you're at, you have to make the most of it. But if you can understand that one principle, it's going to serve you the rest of your life. Dude, it makes me sick to think about the amount of money that I've <laughs> been stupid with. You know, I mean, it's the reality of most people just, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I worked in the bars for many years. I did that lifestyle, you know, I was at restaurants and drinking and, and, and you just, I mean, obviously in hindsight, I look back and I had a great time, but I think about, wow, like the amount of money we spend on, on crap. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't yeah. even remember like what that could have turned into. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, with you, man. Most people don't know that lesson though. Most people need a wake up call before they realize that. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying to not spend money. For instance, yeah. by this is a good example. I spent $10,000 on this setup, like this podcast. If you're watching me, I'm in a studio. Hmm. Okay. I could say, okay, what that's actually going to cost me. Yeah. But by me being able to communicate in a powerful way, like that's going to generate a whole lot more impact. Like I'm clear what yeah. I want. It's not just about the money what opportunity cost calculation gets you to do is it gets you to be thoughtful in what you make. Mm. So you could literally say, yeah, I wasted a lot of money, but I made some amazing friendships and those friends, like, you know, you could look yeah. back on that. I'm not saying to justify it. I'm just saying like, I'm not saying not to spend money. I'm not saying don't buy your latte. Yeah. I'm just saying be thoughtful and understand that that $5 latte is actually going to cost you a hundred. So make sure you be thoughtful with it. I love it. Being thoughtful is yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, like it's easy for us to say, oh, that didn't work or that, that was bullshit or whatever. But it's like the things that came from that are the reason I'm here now, the reason we're here living and having this conversation. So, I mean, there's definitely a benefit from that. What I wanted to ask you as well is that a lot of people, including myself, want to write a book, want to public speak. I wanted to talk like, how did that journey start? How did you get into public speaking? Because you're a very good speaker and very clear, concise. Was that something that you always want to do or did you kind of walk into that accidentally? How did that happen? Simon Sinek has a, a quote that goes like this. The, the solutions that you find to your weaknesses growing up become your greatest strength. Yeah. Because I couldn't read, I became mm. a, pretty good at speaking because that's how I got through life. <laughs> so okay. I guess, I guess I, I'm grateful for that. Here's what I would say is it goes back to value. I wrote a book because I was sick and tired of sharing the same message over and over and over again. I never would have thought it would have taken off the way it did. And so I had some advantages. I'm young. I look even younger. So number one, being 30 years younger than the average person in our space is helpful because it's like, oh, people may listen to me versus, you know, Frank, who's 55 years old. Okay. 100%, man. And our message is interesting. And then I do have an ability to communicate in a way that's like, usually money is boring and like people are inspired. People tend to get inspired when they hear this message because it's not like an old like, oh, it's out of your control. Just invest in the long term and like ride the waves. Like I'm not saying that because I don't believe that. 
And I genuinely want people to get ahead. And my mission from 18-year-old Caleb was I want to help people see and reach their highest potential. I didn't know exactly how I was going to do that, but I realized that people are unable to live to their God-given potential in life because of how they think about themselves and how they think about their resources. Like, I want to change that and think about the impact that you can have. So all of that was kind of the perfect storm. And it just, it just took off for me. Like I did one speaking gig and people just were like, I never like went out on the market and tried to get speaking. And I just like, I'm, I guess I don't, know exactly how to answer your question other than the fact that it's like i love this and i think people can see that and don't get into something don't like write a book just to write a book or don't just speak just to speak like have a message that you believe that you have a moral obligation to share it and then good things will happen and so i would i would like challenge the listener to be like if you believe that you have something that can change someone's life and you're not writing a book and you're not speaking about it Take a hard look in the mirror and say, why? Yeah. Because you have a moral obligation to share this with the world. That's how I, I think about this. I completely agree, man. You know, speaking is one of those things that I walked into accidentally when I had to pitch something to, you know, I worked for the Four Seasons. So one of my managers was away and I had to speak in front of all these people. And when I did it, I realized, man, that was one of the best, that was one of the biggest rushes that I've had in a while. And there's something about that. And I think people fear speaking so much because we hear, oh, it's worse than people fear it more than death and all that. But there's a reason for that. On the other side of that, there is like this feeling of euphoria. When you see, when you can connect with people and you see them listening, you see them getting excited. Like there's something special about that. And the reason it's so, I think there's that fear is that on the other side of it, there's just so much bliss. So if you can get through that, and I'm even working towards that as well. I've never spoke to a big group officially, but I, I, I love it. And I like seeing you at, you know, at your age, being able to do that and own it. And it's something that I recommend for people because if you're scared of it, lean into that, you know, because on the other side of that, there's always going to be a reward. You know, there's always going to be some sort of gift on the other side of fear, right? Yeah. And as, as well as books, man, like there's, there's so many books. People are just afraid to take this step. Yeah. You know, and what do you, what would you say is the thing that is stopping people from doing these little things? So have you read the book, Think and Grow Rich? Yeah, I've, I have it. it's still beat up, man. It's like okay. one of okay. the most beat up books I think I own. So I, I, I came from an amazing household, never went a day hungry. Okay. Yeah. I read Think and Grow Rich and there's a portion in that, 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 get you to really analyze your biggest fears. And I feared poverty. Okay, why? Mm. I will never be on the streets, by the way, because my family, like you wouldn't even let me. I could call you up and you would like, like, so why am I afraid of poverty? Well, I'm not afraid of going hungry. I'm afraid of people seeing me as a failure. Uh. Okay, so for me, I realized, and this was deep, like I had to do some, like I had to ask why multiple times, like, why am I afraid to do this? Why am I afraid to, for me, I'm not saying this is for everyone. For me, I was realized that I I didn't want to be looked at as a failure. And if I put myself out there, i.e. if I write a book on money and then go broke, holy crap, like that's not a good situation. Mm. But I realized it's like, okay, one life, one life, no regrets. And I was like, I really came to the conclusion that's like, it's okay if you think I'm a failure because my identity is not 
in what you think of me. And I had to get that. Like it's, and again, I still like, I'm a feeler. I, I love people. And if someone like has, has a problem with me or if I hurt someone or I offended someone, I'll, I'll be the first to say, I like go above and beyond to make sure that, because I love people. Mm. And I also had to get really comfortable with saying like, I really love you and don't really care what you think of me. And I'm not there yet, but like that was the journey that I needed to go on before we started this company, before I got this book, like that I mm. needed to be, ha- be at peace before I went loud because um, I do get criticized less now, but when I first started, man, mm-hmm. so much criticism because who am I 21 year old to start this start better? Well, like no one's going to do visit you on the internet. No one's going to care what you're going to say. And who are you? And I'm a little competitive too. So it was a good, it was a good motivation. Yeah. And well, at the end of the day, you can't please everybody and right. nobody's opinion. They're looking at life through their lens, yeah. right? It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing. This is like, this is the battle, the journey that we're all on. And I don't think it will ever fully go away. If you, if you can get comfortable with accepting people for who they are and their beliefs, they believe something. So it's not up to us to convince or change their beliefs. It's just like, yeah, accept it. I mean, I've learning that too. At first I was like, I learned something. I want to like tell everybody you have to do this. Every, this is, this is the thing you got to do. And it's, it's not the right idea. It's, 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 you know, invite, invite people to what you're doing, invite them, encourage them. But like at the end of the day, they have their own belief system. It's, it's not up to us to try and change that. It's up to them to figure it out. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the surrender as well. It's like, I'm not going to, I don't expect to please everybody. That's not my job, but the right audience, they're going to love me and they're going to appreciate me for what it is. Right. It it goes back to what my mom told me at 12 years old, control the things that you can control things that you can't control. Don't worry about. Yeah. That's such good advice, man. So walk us through a little bit of your podcast journey. What's that been like? And what else are you looking, what else are you guys doing exciting with your business with uh, better wealth and everything? So podcast, I knew that this was going to be the platform that I was going to have the most success on. Again, going back to like reading, writing is just really hard for me. And so uh, podcast was just like, I'm not an expert, but I can surround myself with people that are. So I started, I started in 2018. And I think like every, every person starting out, you have that journey. It's like, okay, my mom and two best friends are listening to this. That's awesome. You know? And then there's got to be, there came to a point where I actually like got it like, some people reached out that I didn't even know. They were like, hey, we love your podcast. I'm like, this is amazing. It's a great that's feeling. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and, then, and then like there was a, a good chunk of time that I was not, like I didn't post anything. Like I just like, I, I wasn't that I was afraid. It's just like I literally can't explain it other than the fact that it was just laziness. And I'm not a lazy person. So I think like I was procrast. I don't know what was my deal. I just didn't post. And then, and then someone reached out to me and was just like, He's like, I haven't seen any episodes in a while. What's going on? And he's a, he's a colleague in the business that has a podcast. And that was a good kick in the pants. And we're, I mean, I don't know when you're going to be airing this, but we're going to be past 100 episodes by, by the time you, you air this. So it's like, it's super cool um, to just, just like realize that. And so it's been a journey and I'll be the first to say it's a labor of love. And I'm super, I feel super grateful that every time I put out a podcast, people listen and we actually get a response. So that's number one. Business-wise, 
we are really doubling down on helping people get their cash flow figured out. Like we have the ability on a two line graph to show you if you're financially in balance or not. And 98% of people that come to us are not financially in balance. So we don't talk anything about a product until we get clarity on what you need to do to live the life that you want. And then we help you implement a strategy. Then we do certain things. And so most of the industry is focused on a product. By the way, my first book was on a strategy and a product. That's, that's still valid that I use every day. Hmm. But it's not like, it, that's honestly not where we need to start with people. And so we as a company have shifted and said, how do we help you? How do we help you, the listener, get super clear on are you in balance financially or not? What needs to happen to get you to be in balance? And then what kind of strategies do we need to implement to live the life that you want to live? And so we are like literally in, in the process of getting super clear on that. And um, what I don't want to, like, I didn't get your permission to do this before, but if you're, if you're open, like I can give you my email. And if anyone wants to be of part of our beta group, like we will literally give you your cash flow model if that's something that you want, you're interested in. Because I believe that is the billion dollar idea. While everyone's focused on product, 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 we're going to be the company that helps you focus on your cash flow and then all the right strategies on the back end. Mm-hmm. But most people are broken before they even, they're even get started. And we also know that 98% of people that come to us are. So it's mm-hmm. not, there's no shame in it. It's just like, okay, where do we go from now? Mm. Amazing. Especially right now too. A lot of people, people want answers. People want some clarity, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm always all for it. I, I love to promote whatever everybody's got, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and if one person gets excited about that and, and just, I mean, decides to take whatever action that's, you know, I love that. Right. I love that, man. So, but um, yeah, let's, where, where can everybody check you out? Let's, whatever you want us to put in the show notes, we'll put it in your book, your podcast, and where's the best place to check you out and follow you. Well, you can check out our website, betterwealth.com. That's betterwealth.com. And like I said, if, if anything that I said resonated with you and you're like, I want to figure out if I'm in balance, you can literally email me at Caleb at betterwealth.com and we will, we will help you. I, I truly do mean that. And then my social media is just my first and last name. And I love, I love hearing from people. And I hope like one of the things that I've been like open to is the, the value of your life is always measured by how much of it was given away, okay? And so I get the most joy by helping people figure it out so that they can help more people. Mm. And so I, I, again, man, anytime I get to come on a platform and share a little bit of my story and like, this is, this is some of the worst times economy-wise that people are facing. And like, think about the, the positivity, the optimism, and we're not delusional. Like, it, things are hard. But yeah. use this time, use this time in a way to really double down and make the most of this. And I also have a podcast called Better Wealth with, with my first and last name. And so, yeah, man, again, I, I'm super grateful. Yeah, dude, I love it. It's, uh, it's exciting. It just makes me think, man, if I had my head screwed on at 24, what would it, what would have happened? <laughs> well, oh, dude, there's a quote and I don't know who to attribute <laughs> it to, but it's like the best time to plant a tree was 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. The next best time to plant a tree is now. 100%. And so I, you know, I want to encourage everyone like, don't, don't be ashamed. Yeah. And you're listening to this podcast for a reason. And so make sure to make the most of your time and talents and abilities and, and money. And make sure that 
you don't look back 25 years from now and say, I wish I, you know, so. Final question. Always ask, leave the easy one to the end. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? One of the co-founders of Better Wealth, um, who's like a second father to me, passed away about a year and a half ago to cancer. And I, and I was by his side for two years of fighting it. And his la- one of his last words to me was, is, Caleb, don't forget why you started to begin with. And I will say, and this is, this is a check for me, and this is a check for any, any of you special achievers, is don't lose the reason why you started this mission, this podcast, this business. Because for me, like it, it truly was this desire to help people with their money so that they could be better fathers, so that they could be better mothers, so that they could be better entrepreneurs. And I got so focused, and it's still a battle on how you you know, disrupt markets, how you do all this stuff. And here I have one of my best friends who's like a second father to me dying, eventually losing his battle to cancer. And all I can say, it was a really, really good reference point and helped me really understand why this matters and that life is short. And I would say like, that was really a hard time. Mm -hmm. And some people call me an old soul (laughs) being young, but, and, and the reason is like, I've, I've experienced some really purifying things. And Greg, who, who's the, the guy that I was talking about, his big thing and his big encouragement was be intentional with mm-hmm. who you spend time with, with the people that you love, with your faith. And my word is intentionality. Like that is my word for this year. And that is what I've learned through going through some hard times. And I'm super grateful for those hard times. And it's given me perspective that I didn't, I didn't have when we first started Better Wealth. Man, love it. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. I appreciate you, man. Dude, you're, you're incredible. I appreciate how you run this show. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where you will be in the future and where our, our relationship will be. Man, thanks. Likewise. It's, it's great talking to you. And it's, it's just, it makes me happy to know that people are being educated and being smarter at that age instead of, you know, and really just, just understanding how to be intentional and, and to everything that you said has just made so much sense and opportunity cost and really thinking about life like that is, is super important. So thank you for, for shedding the light on that because there's so many people that needed to hear it. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. If you guys can, please leave us a review on Apple, hit that subscribe button, share it in a story, whatever you can do. And of course, check out Caleb, check out his podcast, all the information's in the show notes. Much love. We'll catch you next time.